I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. Oh, right. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. In fact, this will be episode 25, I believe, Skin. Is that correct? As far as I know, yep. Good news. Well done. Magnificent. Obviously, great to have you, Skinnled, as per usual. Uh, and has you have delayed us a little bit this week due to, obviously, being reasonably good at cricket, uh, but you're back with us now, so great to have you in studio rather than the... You know, relying on sort of the phone lines, which can be rough if Telstra's down, etc. Yeah, sorry for the hold up. Sorry, all the listeners who are hoping to listen on a Wednesday, uh, because uh, it's not going to be out on Wednesday, that's for sure. So, uh, no, especially so given that this that. is a Wednesday, unless we put it straight out after this, which never seems to work, given the fact that we make plenty of mistakes. But uh, that's okay. That's very good. How's how was the week? I saw you playing in smoke the other day. I couldn't even see you. I went to watch the highlights, and it was just haze. Yeah, it's always a good week away playing cricket. I'm uh, disappointed that we uh, we lost. Um, New South Wales beat us again this year, so uh, but we're still are sitting in second place there. So um, hopefully a few more wins after Big Bash now, and uh, we can be in the final. It's looking like New South Wales are a good chance to be in the final, so we might meet them again there, and uh, hopefully. We've learned our lessons and can, can beat them there if we can make it to that stage. But, yeah, certainly very smoky, crazy. I was um, surprised we probably got on there breathing in all the smoke. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and has you actually uh, – you've brought someone along tonight as well to, to make her debut in the uh, – is it a debut? Maybe we've just never spoken about her before. But, uh, but your girlfriend or Cheese and Kisses or Miso Soup, as it's known these days, uh, is with us tonight as well, Em. Yeah, Emily's here. She's uh, come to watch, listen in, see uh, see it live for herself. Yep, absolutely. See how everything goes down. And uh, has I actually, uh, I actually just want to hear you uh, um, maybe tell the story a little bit. I'm not sure why that played there. That was weird. Um, but just tell the story of actually how how uh, you met Em because it's just a fascinating story. Yeah, it is an interesting one. Uh, I went over to England a few years back to uh, play cricket for Bexley over in Kent. And um, Any Bexley listeners out there has to the podcast? Hopefully a few, yeah. Uh, hopefully it's reached reached England. We're going worldwide, this podcast. You know how many people love uh, yeah, listening to us talk we about sport. Have an, we have an email from an English person actually later. Sorry, Em, to hijack the love story there, by the <laughs> way, also. But um, just checking the listening stats. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I went, it was uh, there summer, our winter, so I was missing out in the rugby league season over here. I had to get my fix. State of Origin was on, so we went to the uh, the walkabout bar, the Aussie bar in London, to watch the State of Origin. Not too many places you could watch the Origin over there, and so all the whole Aussie contingent in London were over uh, at the walkabout bar, and um, and yeah, I met Emily there, and I was like, yeah, where are you from? And she said, oh, Brisbane? Oh yeah, whereabouts? Oh, I place called Alex Hills. I was like, oh, yeah, me too. Whereabouts in Alex Hills? And Don't she, give the exact address, nah, by the way. That's fine. But she, she told me the street and I was like, that's literally two streets away from where I live. And I'd never met her before. And uh, we met on the other side of the world. So, yeah, there that you go. That is pretty loose, actually, to be honest, isn't it? Skin, your story's not quite that impressive, is it? No, no, Eloise and I went to school together. So, Oh, well, and, that and was we, a classic. Yeah, and we, we, <laughs> we, met at, we met at school, not on the other side of the world. So, yeah. Oh, right. Perfect. Perfect. Now, Skin, just to get you involved a little bit more, we've had a yep. decent week as well, haven't we? I was actually down watching uh, the Suns pl- train today, guys. That actually wasn't the reason that I was down there, but I was coaching volleyball. You know how mm. you've heard me talk about how strong I am with my volleyball, obviously, due to the extreme height that I possess. Skin, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever teach any schoolwork or is it 
I try to avoid it as much as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, just, you know, when you, you stick to your strengths, has so. Like volleyball. Like yeah. volleyball for me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've, been, I've sort of been, uh, you know, coaching a team down there. We've uh, not got the greatest win-loss record. Actually, they won two games on Sunday when we were playing cricket, and I took over on Monday, and we've lost four straight. So okay. I wouldn't say that that was a pattern that had anything to do with that. It's probably just a coincidence. But mm. uh, anyway, the, the good news was the Suns were training today, so I got to go out there and try and check in with Jack Lukosius, who's obviously a friend of the show, yep. um, interviewed. So I'm actually catching up with him tomorrow. So we'll just make sure that we get those Guernseys ready to go for the yeah. season. But they're looking sharp, the Suns. Really? Well, I don't really know, but yeah, I don't okay. know much about Looking better than... Well, it certainly looked better than our training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. It did, it did look slightly better than that. So okay. question about that. A few guys That's training good. harder than they ever have before, looking like they're going to put in the best mm, seasons right. ever. They would have been some bulk overuse, putting buzz phrases, <laughs> get them in your fantasy teams. Fantastic. Dion King would have loved it after his draft wrap. All the draftees were there. Um, and uh, and then, obviously, Mitch, we actually got to play a, uh, play a game together of cricket this weekend or like the weekend just gone which was quite exciting and we got to play against obviously someone that probably the first person that was uh, on the podcast twice as a guest uh, Andrew Goaty as well yeah yeah so it was a big weekend it was I think thanks to about 19 unavailabilities in first grade I managed to managed to get a gig so that was exciting to finally <laughs> play a game with you Lethal yeah, well deserved Skinner well yeah, deserved yeah, probably yeah. helped that you scored a few runs uh, in the year before that yeah yeah, I scored a couple but um, which didn't hurt but no, I haven't been doing anything too exciting but managed to managed to get a go so that was nice thank you Lethal right. for selecting me any time um, skin well yeah. probably not actually this weekend sorry about that yeah well all the 19 players are back so <laughs> yeah, that's and has his back this weekend grade, as yeah. well. you're a Red Bull specialist anyway aren't you Mitch yeah yeah exactly I had 2020s and stuff and <laughs> you can you can come back in and steer the boat there mate yeah. um, and then yeah so we got, we obviously got to play Goaty over at Valleys for Saturday Sunday and Saturday was the hottest day ever um, oh, so that awesome. hurt but we ended up having a, having a good little win on the Sunday. So mm, great news. We'll actually we'll have to get Goaty on to talk about that again. He can be yeah, I'm sure third time on, <laughs> on third the time on. I'm sure he'll love talking about, about how they got bowled out for 100. And yeah. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't believe you guys bowled me after that, not because I thought we had a bad bowling lineup or anything, but Valleys always do well against us. We, we struggle mm. often against them. And um, to bowl a team out for that low of a score without – Bays there without a strike bowler. It was incredible. But well, how's I mean? I don't want to jump to conclusions here, but since the We Got the Chocolates podcast has been out, uh, we haven't actually lost to Valleys. Yeah, well, that's a good that's start. That's true. Mm. <laughs> that was a great start. Once top again, just supports it. Yep. Top four now as well are here. I think we've crept in. Correct, we? yep, yeah, in the fourth, hanging on. So yeah. um, Jack Beath actually listens to the podcast as well. We found that out when he was uh, talking to Mitch about the no-tox sticker that you put on his bat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it still on there? It is still oh, on there. Yeah. How I, good. I walked out to bat in first grade with a no-tox sticker on my bat and got sprayed before I faced up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can look forward to that as well, Has which is oh, magnificent. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the listeners... Uh, slash viewers or anyone that follows us on Instagram would have seen or Facebook would have seen obviously the video of Goaty. Uh, one of the one of the better things I've seen. Obviously, uh, it wasn't great for us no. uh, because we were in some strife. Obviously, setting two hundred and twenty, so we would have liked a few more runs. But uh, poor Bailey Stewart. It's the second week in a row that he's been on the podcast and mentioned there, so <laughs> should have him locked in as a listener. Mm. Um, but he he obviously played a miss at a ball. Goaty carried on and <laughs> sprayed him and called him a leprechaun. And uh, I think he said, "Have you been?" chopping leprechauns um which was sort of a way of implying that he was quite lucky uh and then got to the top of his run up yelled nick it bailey at the top of his lungs which you could hear in the camera for the live stream uh ran in with straight arms and straight legs strangest looking run up you see and then proceeded to nick him off so (laughs) that that has definitely got some shares on social media over the last couple of days is that the only time he used that action that run up yeah it was for the day yeah yep. the only time should have tried it again sure you go back to the well well that's true actually I'm sure probably this week you'll run in every ball like that it looked actually quite tiring running in like that though yeah yeah no I wouldn't recommend I don't know much about a clean bowling action but I don't think that would be well it. actually you did bowl uh, and they were not yeah, clean no, that was <laughs> not a clean bowling action I got hit for 28 off two overs and the yeah. square leg up I was very suspicious about my 15 degrees in the arm but apart mm. from that yeah, Pinnacle. perfect day. <laughs> perfect day of the bowling crease, apart from that. So, yeah, oh, yeah, lethal. So, speaking of uh, obviously y- yourself and Goaty and a few little little videos going viral, 
Um, I have stumbled across an old one that you posted on YouTube back in the day when you and Gody were playing together, I believe. You you spent a couple of seasons (laughs) over at Valleys um, and managed to find a video of you teaching people a particular dance move. Um, And this actually, well, I guess I wouldn't say it's gone viral, but over the last nine years has managed to rack up some views. I think it's going all right. It's got like 17,000 views or something. I was wondering if you could yeah, tell I mean, us if little, we're rounding up, I think it's story. actually 18,000. Okay, yeah, so right. 17,870-ish. I don't check it very often, but... Okay, yeah. It'd be nice uh, we get yeah. the podcast <laughs> that many That's years. Right. <laughs> well, maybe this will help. Yeah, it's, um, yeah well, the, back at, back in the day when me and Goaty played together, we, uh, we invented um, a little corporation, which is probably still running today. I think it's got plenty of members, called the GDC. Mm was the goad to Drennan combination um, which obviously ceased to exist post me moving away to Adelaide and uh, Darwin and wherever else I went and then obviously back to Redland so we've never played again together Um, but whilst we were doing that we um, I think I've got some audio here actually skin that I can show you I think it was this will be Goaty talking Hi, welcome to the first episode of GDC TV. My name's Andrew, for those of you who don't know. Today's episode is for you single members of the group wanting to learn how to bag a classy lady. We have Lee Dredden here, uh, who's going to teach you a surefire routine on how to find love in this club. I'll pass it on to Lee. So we and I come, obviously, and then... Uh... Hey there, GDC fans, how are you? I'm Lee, obviously, the... Uh... D member of the GDC combination. So I mean, you can see that it goes on to uh, to teach people a lot. In fact, where where it obviously gets to is uh, is me describing this uh, this particular dance move, which is known as Hads. I'll, I'll t- obviously show you later because I'm sure it's one you want to produce in your sort of wicket celebrations for the Brisbane Heat. Um, but it's called the Big Fish, Little Fish, Cardboard Box, Top Shelf, Bottom Shelf, Fry Them Eggs. I thought you were going to say I need it to help me pick up. On the dance floor. Like no, well, that would have been probably a poor time to bring that up yeah, yeah. after bringing so. M in for a debut. Um, no, so yeah, that was that was essentially what we did there. Skinner was just uh, talk people through um, how that how that works. Slash, yeah, right. Probably doesn't work, but um, yeah, it's still a, still a dance move that I like to go to. We talk about going back to the well. Has that's that's one that I obviously will try and whip out as much as possible. The old. Big fish, little fish, cardboard box. It just you can time it very well. You can do it slow. You can do it quickly. It's um, it's got a, some great variations to it. So happy to obviously produce it for your skin if you're looking at a social media post there. It's obviously uh, worked very well for you in the past. Yeah, well, 29 single, so um, <laughs> clinical. Yeah, it's uh, it's killed it. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, well, I, I probably won't be taking that lesson on myself, but yeah, I would be interested to, to see it up and about on the socials. Give people give people a look. Yeah, well, more than happy to produce that skin, and who knows, they could fix the uh, they can fix the drought has bringing it out in today's society. Got to do it. Uh, now, some of the other stuff, guys, uh, that we, that happened during the week. Obviously, uh, you might have seen that there was a. We are going to target this a little bit uh, later, but the garage cricket comment that base. <laughs> Base tagged us in, um, tried to sort of because obviously the ICC rankings came out for Manus was named number eight batsman in the world, I think, which is an unbelievable rise. I think we might talk about that a little bit later, actually. Skin, we do, we've yeah. got something there pretty shortly. Um, oh, pretty shortly, good news. Yep, yep. Um, but basically, basically said, Who cares about that? And what would be the garage cricket rankings? Now, we've spoke to Manus on the podcast, episode five. I reckon, yeah, episode five, right. if you want to scroll back a few episodes, guys. Uh, we spoke to Manus, he was the first guest we ever had on, and he spoke about the garage cricket games that we do happen to have over their skin and uh, and the fact that, you know, you and I are playing it and we've got, obviously, his uh, brother-in-law and has this never never got invited, actually. Well, you have been invited. You turned it down, I think, the one time that we invited you. I'm not sure I have been, but... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so that to make you feel, feel yourself better. We'll have to get the third umpire on that one, Has. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, we will get you invited, Has. So obviously I'm not going to invite you, because my, my ranking will slide down a bit. Yeah, so. yeah that's right. So I'm not sure um, I'd go too well, unfortunately. So we are going to get uh, Baisley on at some point to, uh, to actually talk through, but I must say that after he tagged us in that comment saying... Can we talk about this on the podcast? What would be your your ladder for who's the best garage cricketers? Uh, we went around to Manus's the next day and I got four ducks oh. <laughs> in my first four digs uh, and got absolutely skittled. So that, I think, slid me right down the ranking. So that was not ideal, but then I came back with man of the match honours in the third test, um, scoring 58, not out. So 
That was helpful. Okay, so right. it's really hard yeah. to place me, I think. So we yeah, will have yeah. to talk about that at some stage. But obviously, uh, it would be interesting to hear from the listeners who they think might be the greatest garage cricketer out of the three of us. And then include Baze as well. He rates himself quite highly. Uh, ironically, wasn't even present for that game. So I'm not sure where he went after, obviously, being the one to bring up the rankings. He was uh, he decided not to rock up to that fixture, which was interesting. So Manus came out with a bit of a vengeance after a few of your comments on social media, but then bit of elite learning on your part so well, to come I'll tell back you from. who pumped us was buddy Muhammad Abbas slash Matt P unit uh, Matthew Phillips who's just I mean doesn't play cricket at all he's really? the worst batsman I've ever seen I got four ducks and like that looked good compared to what he got oh, he would have got one run for the entire day out of 10 innings <laughs> but his bowling he would have taken 32 wickets on the day he just skittled everyone we had obviously Marnus's ridiculously seeming delivery yep. ball, like the ball that he used that was going sideways and batting with an eye in. So they weren't, you know, conducive to great batting conditions. Uh, but Matt Phillips just pogoed us. So that was trouble. What's your bowl? Give us a little heads up. Uh, well, quite sharp for Garrett's cricket. Oh, I'll be yeah, honest. Okay, right. Paddy Cummins. <laughs> That's right. Off a 10 metre pitch, it was not really what I was looking to face. The 135 kilometre per hour deliveries. Gotcha. Uh, and then they just nip through the gate, just big off cutters. Yeah, right. nippers, and that obviously every now and then has one would hold its line and that was good night nurse for me I got beaten inside edge outside edge inside edge outside edge for uh, just have the castle disturbed multiple times yeah, right. Perfect. Mm. Yeah. good practice yeah yeah real <laughs> yeah, good it went well went yeah. out the next day and got a duck so <laughs> a real game so it obviously worked well uh, well done. Uh, all right, skittled. Now, oh, the other thing that we obviously we do need to cover as well is that uh, we did invent sort of the BBL Supercoach League. Unfortunately, it was limited to 14 teams. And then once you put up that thing on social media, it just went bananas. Yeah. And the yeah. amount of emails and hate mail we've received saying, boys, ridiculous, we need more teams, what's happening. Uh, yeah. But so, you know, will you take over from there, Skin? You've got a bit of a solution for us, don't you? Uh, I think so. I'll, I'll start off by saying I was I was quite surprised given I was under the impression we had about 15 listeners that uh, <laughs> we managed to blow up that many people. We're quite upset about it. But, yeah, sort of due to popular demand, I've tried to find another solution. Um, and I think you can create in in the Herald Sun Supercoach thing, you can create a group rather than a league which has infinite – like you can have infinite – people in a group you can have as many as you want sort of thing um so i've created a group i think that's what infinite means uh, thanks for defining that for us oh yeah you're welcome um, <laughs> um so i've created one of those there is there's a link that i'll, I'll that you uh, go to to join this group so i'll just get that up on the socials at some stage or probably tell lethal to um thank you and so everyone should be able to, to join that if you manage to miss out on the league um, and I, I, I only assume that there's no sort of fixtures the way that there is in a league. It'll just sort nah, of be... I think it's just group, like, rankings. Yeah, so it'll just, just be ranked by sort of who scores the most yeah. points throughout the season, which is fine, really. Yeah. Um, we're happy so with that, yeah. aren't we? And then and then right. obviously the league will still be, be happening regardless because it's already been created and filled, so we'll, we'll keep people posted on both of those things as they as it happens throughout the season. Yeah, I think that's the way to go because obviously like for a group, you can have, yeah, you can have a lot more people there as well so yeah. we can see... How everyone's going, have total scores. Obviously, the head-to-head mm. league, that was sort of first come, first served, I guess, that yeah. basis. Uh, yeah, exactly. But definitely the group allows multiple people to, to come because I know there was a lot of people that were quite flat about that. It has, obviously, quite a few that wanted to select you and play against us. <laughs> uh, at least the keenest li- listeners got in and they got into the group first. So that's uh, right. Yeah, that's true. Them. Yeah. Well, the ones that are doing nothing at work and looking at Instagram, <laughs> they got rewarded. So, well done. They so follow they after our own heart. Exactly. Um, now, what else has happened, Skin? So, we, we're sorting that. So, you, you're going to get the group up. We'll have that on social media and people yep. will be able to see it. Yeah, correct. I'll get on to, get on to that for everyone. All right. Um, and yeah, I don't think I've got too much else to add there. I don't, I don't actually know a heap about, about Supercoach. I think I played for the first time last year. So if anyone knows more about, about groups and how they work, feel free to let us know if I've missed something something important there. But yeah, if, if all goes to plan, that'll be mm. nice. Yeah. Absolutely, perfect. Um, and I just want to give a little shout-out, guys, as well, to uh, Mark Wallace. We talked about the fact that it is uh, being spread around the world, has the podcast. Mark Wallace is actually the director at Glamorgan Cricket Club, which is obviously where Nick Selman uh, and Manus Labashkakni played uh, this year. 
Um, so he's written in uh, a couple of times, actually, Skin. You'd probably say, I mean, you're quite generous with the FOTS status. So yeah, I have been a bit generous in the past. Well, I think he probably he makes it. All right, okay. So get his bottle opener in the mail too, if you wouldn't mind. Can do. Are we actually playing for a prize in Supercoach, by the way? We might have to organise Oh, that, Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to mention. Maybe we maybe we should organise some sort of merchandise or something for the winner or something like that. Have you mm. thought? Oh, well, I'm staring at Haz because he seems to have the best <laughs> access to merchandise. But <laughs> I, just, I just asked 14 the, sponsorships. The, heat, the heat guys to sign another shirt. They're always up me for getting them to sign so many shirts. And Why don't you get them to sign a no-talk surfboard or something instead? Just mix it up a bit, Haz. Oh, gee. Yeah. I don't think I can afford that. Well, we've got the whole BBL season, which is about 900 games to, to decide yeah, what we'll do. Right. So, so we've got until March yeah. to figure it out. So yeah, we but we'll work much. something out for the winner. Yeah, okay. Perfect. I like that. Uh, so, yeah, he uh, he actually has written in uh, Mark Wallace and, and just said, keep up the good work. Obviously, we, we had an email from Nick Selmanskin in response to um, to your horse racing uh, opinions and veganism. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, he sent in sent in an email saying that he'd – had dramas with his his boss at Glamorgan that he wasn't real happy about the comments that we'd that we'd made about Sally and and he was going to fine him two hundred and fifty dollars and I said sorry man that doesn't doesn't really fit in with our cash flows to help you out with that one so <laughs> another Glamorgan player uh, Charlie Hemphrey who also plays for Queensland is actually a big listener of the show too he wants to wants to come on the podcast wants and have on. a bit of a chat with us so Jeez, we might have to just get the whole Glamorgan team on at this yeah. rate. Yeah. Selman, Hemphrey and Wallace together There you go There's something to keep a lookout for The trio I don't know if we have that many microphones But we'll sort no. it out Yeah, no we don't Skin will probably give up his spot For, <laughs> <laughs> for a week No question at all Alright guys Well um, Obviously We do need to get into Some of our uh, Actual segments That we do On this show And that people love so much You would think um, So uh, we've got a couple coming up actually we've got a skin stats and a proper one uh, a proper one that we need to talk to we've got a few NRL rules which obviously Hazlitt is so keen to get out and about he wants to discuss them and uh, also wants to elect the next NRL referee for Prime Minister or something like that um, <laughs> we've got obviously some WBBL news to, to cover and that's quite important uh, a bit of a bit of cricket some social simbin it's all happening really guys uh, and also I think Hazlitt even got a song for us tonight um, and when I say think I mean I actually sung it as well so I definitely know it's there Um, so good news now at this time guys obviously we we really hope that you enjoy the podcast Uh, if you do jump on please subscribe give us a like get around us on social media we enjoy communicating with you a great deal Uh, and let's get in please Has what have you done with my button here thank you very much no you just have to wait easy stats don't go easy what's real hard a lot of stuff all right, thank you, Lethal. Well, for the I think the first time in a little while we had a had a question sent in for about skin stats into our email, Lethal. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, for um, a while. Uh, actually, it was into Instagram if okay. we really want to get nitpicky. Yeah, okay, thanks, thanks for clarifying. Um, but yeah, so Josh Golby has asked about Manu's rise through the rankings, which we've already briefly mentioned. Um, so he's currently not garage in, cricket rankings. No, oh no, sorry, sorry, the ICC rankings. So slightly, probably more calculated than our garage <laughs> cricket rankings, I would think. Um, so, yeah, he's currently sitting at eighth in the world, which is not bad, really. You'd take that. Yeah, it's the best test batsman in the world, wouldn't you? Skinner, I have another question which you don't have to answer right now. But uh, you know how throw me. In, in tennis, mm. right, you know how people can be like rankings go to like 3,000th in the world. Like someone, like people that are 12-year-old kids are ranked, like got a world ranking somehow. Yeah, right. right. It just goes forever. My question is... In these rankings, ICC rankings, like would Sam Hazlitt from Queensland have a ranking in the ICC? Like, do they walk around and go, "Well, this first-class batsman's better than this Gibbon that plays for the Chudatesra something in India," or does not like work like that? You have to have actually played international cricket. Um, yeah, great question, and one that I don't know the answer to off the top well, of my head. You but would definitely have to play. It, you would definitely yeah. have to have played Test cricket to be yeah, on the yeah, Test well, cricket. Yeah, exactly. Ranking. So the ranking that. Minus sits eighth on is a test match ranking, so obviously Hazlitt wouldn't have a ranking. I might be on the ODI ranking after playing Do one game. ODI rankings? Well. I probably run out after right. playing a couple of years ago now, but <laughs> might be ranked. Your ranking slipped. You're with the 13 year old kids in the tennis <laughs> ranking. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if the ICC's put got like just a, a general 
best batsman in the world ranking. So no, I, I don't know. Don't tell us, you know, tell the listeners. And by that, I meant speaking to the microphone. Okay, sorry, Lisa. And also, you said uh, you think you'd take eighth best batsman in the world, and I think we definitely would, but yep. I actually don't think Manus would take it. I think no, you think he'd be, uh, won't be happy until he's number one. In so. fact, yeah. I know for a fact that Rory Smith is over here, who's uh, our, one of our fine English colleagues at the place of Redlands and uh, obviously was a member of Sandwich Town Cricket Club that Manus first went to overseas. Uh, and all Manus wants to do is knock off Joe Root because it's Rory's favourite player. <laughs> <laughs> so I certainly know that Martis is not settling for eighth best. I yeah, think Joe okay. Root's only seventh, so he hasn't got far to go. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I was definitely referring to to the the three of us, or maybe even you and I, Lethal has you might be striving for high, higher accolades than I'm aware of. Um, but yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me at all that Manu wants to wants to continue rising up. The, Don't the pigeonhole us, you know. You got twenty one on the weekend. You could be oh, yeah, yeah, rising. Could, yeah, I could be the next Steve Smith. Easy. No, this is right. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Anyways, so that's the longest introduction to the, the skin stat segment ever. So we've got a question: Where does Manus rank in terms of quicker, quickest rises through the top one hundred ICC rankings? Um, which is a great question. Um, and yeah, because obviously we've we've seen that seen that little graph of Manu rising up eighty one spots from ninety fifth to fourteenth in just three months, um, which is impressive. And then and then obviously went on to eighth after he peeled off another hundred and sixty or whatever it was. Um, but it was a slightly annoying question because even though the ICC has these graphs and has like those graphs for every player ever, they don't just have nice little tabulated data in like where what ranking everyone was sitting at a different points in time and stuff so it was you want us to just pretend that we know what tabulated means uh, in, well, in a table yeah, in a, yeah that's what I thought it meant but right. you're the English teacher uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. or you just yeah. yeah no you're just a volleyball yeah. coach um, yeah, I feel pretty tabulated <laughs> um, anyway so the, yeah I had to like go through and look at everyone's uh, graph and sort of find different points in time and um, yeah, it was, it was just a pain in the ass. But basically, I sort of started off with great intentions of having a serious day on the tools and getting through every cricketer ever and then quickly realised that wasn't happening. So I, I went through a list of the highest rankings ever, like the highest bit like anyone's ever been sort of thing. I think I think it was Don Bradman was at the top at 960 and then Steve Smith at not many less than that, and oh, et cetera, et cetera. And Eminem Lose Yourself was on top of the charts for a fair while as well. Uh, yeah, it was correct. Um, probably not the same chart, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was up there for a few weeks as well. Um, thank you for that contribution. Anyway, so I started going through that list and then, and then I realized that that would also take some time. And then I remembered that we're an Australian sporting podcast. So I started to get a bit nitpicky and just looked at the best Australians ever basically. Ooh. Um, so yeah, obviously Manu started us off with, oh, Wait, let me find it. But yeah, he moved moved up ninety one spots in, um, in the three months, and then there were guys like like Don Brad. Don Bradman was actually a bit tricky because the lowest he was ever ranked was forty seventh. So it was sort of hard to look at how quick he went from a hundred to 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 the top ten or whatever because he was never sort of in and around a hundred. But it took him twenty seven months to reach number one after starting at forty seventh, which is not that impressive compared to Manu's three months, right? Um, but then, obviously, he stayed number one for the next seventeen years, which is. I think they played a lot less test matches as well, so it would have been harder for him to to move true. up the rankings as quickly. Very true, has that's that's a brilliant contribution. Thank you. Mm. Um, anyway, so moving on, Steve Smith went from ninety second to eighth in fifty three months. Uh, Ricky Ponding, similar to Bradman, his lowest point was only over seventieth, um, but he moved up in in thirty eight months. And Matty Hayden went from 102nd to 8th in 21 months. Um, and, yeah, so the list the list goes on um, with no one really looking like they were challenging Manu's record too much um, until you got to a particular individual, if anyone wants to hazard a guess for us, without reading the script, has he? Or is it too late? It's too late, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I actually yeah. haven't read the script, and I would say it is... You're lying to my face and yep, you're about sorry. to tell me the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so for the listeners, Michael Hussey went from 148th in July 2005 to 8th in the world in April 2006, just five months. Um, that's a proper... Which is impressive. Rise. Yeah, That's crazy. He was elite though. He was, yeah. Well, that, that was actually the sort of last little point here. I was, I was only around eight years old at the time, I think, and I got the memory of a goldfish. But what was Michael Hussey doing? 
at the time. I'd assume just hitting 100 every time. Oh, because Michael what Marcia had scored 10,000 first-class runs before he played for Australia. He was like 31, I reckon, when he yeah, first yeah, debuted right. for Australia. So he was literally just a jet already. He was averaging in the 70s or 80s, I reckon, or 100s for a while maybe, yeah, but then 70s really. or 80s for quite a while too. When he played test cricket, yeah. So yeah. when he first came in, he just was unbelievable. Okay, I think he right. like missed out in his first innings and then scored 100 in his second test or something, and then from there he just went bananas. Yeah, right. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. He didn't take him long to Mr. Cricket. Yeah, right. Man, that does make a lot of sense. So yeah, it didn't take him long at all to get all the way up from 148, which is uh, yeah, obviously five months is, is greater than three or whatever. But the, it sort of worked out that he was he was moving faster. So well done to Michael Hussey. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do me for skin stats for another week. So if anyone else has another question, please please send them in. My only question is: Do, do those rankings come out after every test? I'm not sure how regularly they get updated. I believe it's, so. pretty, it's pretty regularly. Test, yeah, because yeah, Manu was 14, like 14th after the first test That's against right, yeah. Pakistan and 8th after the second. So okay, so it should be something that we can continue to visit in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Magnificent. All right, we are going to go to our next segment. Yeah, so as you mentioned, the NRL have announced a few new rules for next season uh, and I've got a few of them here that I'll mention and, and uh, describe briefly and we can have a chat if see what you think about them. The uh, the first one I've got is there's going to be a general play challenge. So each exact details haven't been decided, but it's likely that each team would get one challenge to challenge a referee's decision during general play once per game um, where the bunker will have a look at it. If the cha- And if the challenge is upheld, then they would retain that challenge uh, just like said, although they do in cricket and they could use it for another incident after that. We do see it in NFL a bit with the, the refs um, going over to the side of the field and looking in the at the replays themselves on certain challenges, I think, in uh, in Gridiron over there. So how – so, like, the type of one would be, like, a knock-on yeah. that's missed or something, and then is it when the next tackle – I guess – the next tackle's completed or whatever, and then they just challenge it? Well, when there's a knock-on, there's a like, the stop at play. If the referee calls – Yeah, but well, I mean, like, if a referee misses a knock-on and they want to challenge that, like, the opposition mm. team, like, when do they call the challenge? Do they have to put it up straight away and go – Yeah, yep, that would be a tough cost. one. That would be a really tough one. Um I think there'd have to be a decision made. Like if the ball was dropped and the referee said knock on, then the team could challenge and say, no, I think it was stripped out. I didn't knock oh, it on. Oh, okay. Because okay. So I was more thinking, you know, when they go like the old, uh, the old one was knocked on, or we think one was, oh, it's raining there. Background. Great news. Um, yeah, so you know when they say like, oh, it's been, it's been like knocked on, uh, but then the referee's completely missed it and then someone will get tackled. And then when they go to the bunker, you can only check back for like the last play. Yeah, right. Maybe that falls under Hazard's exact details have not been decided. Mm, very true. All right, move on from that one. Yeah. Then. Well, the second one, there's now going to be a 20-40 kick, so similar to the 40-20 kick rule that there currently is, um, where if, if the player kicks the ball from inside their own 20 and it goes past the, uh, the opposition's 40 and goes out, then on the bounce and they get the ball back. So... There was... Like, I don't want it to turn into rugby union where if you kick the ball... Like, if you're in your own zone yeah. and you kick the ball out in the full and you get out of danger because I don't like that how you can get it out of trouble and get a sort of free pass there yeah. um, but I think what it will do is means that the wingers will go back earlier in the defensive line and open up the field a bit so it might actually create some space for backline movements um, by the, that team and, and you know might make it a bit more interesting and if they're willing to take that risk to, to put the kick in then then maybe let them do it and it might make it interesting Good news. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the other one is the uh, the team feeding the scrum will now have the option of taking the scrum 10 metres in from the sideline or 20 metres in from the sideline or in the centre of the field. This seems baloney to me, this one. Well, is this just so you can practice some set plays from either side of the field? What's this meant to do? I don't know. This, again, there's been complaints about the scrum and not having any relevance, so maybe they're trying to give relevance to it and make more tactics coming for, out from the, the, uh, the scrum. It's going so, to be the most amount of background noise that's ever been in a podcast. It would have been yeah. a full-blown thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> it's come from nowhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, so that I don't know, like, no, I I guess don't know about that one. But different tactics. Teams will have to decide if, if they want to split the split the field and, and have options both sides. And I guess there's different different plays you can you make from there. But that doesn't necessarily make the scrum more useful. Couldn't you just as easily have a roll of the ball 10 metres in or 20 metres in or in the centre of a field? You could, but then there would be more players in the defensive line. 
I guess if you take the scrum from the center of the field, but put all your players on one side in attack, then it yeah. opens up the other side of the field because the defensive line have to be defending those players you've all got on the other side. Yeah, right. Um, okay. So you could go blind side then, which is actually half the field blind side. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, right. I don't know what, what options That'd be an interesting take. one to see. I wonder what people are going to choose. The centre, you reckon? You're liking the sounds of the centre. Yeah, I like the centre. That <laughs> uh, Pass either way and then it just becomes like beach touch, it's like three on three either side of the field. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, I've completely gone 360 on my view there. <laughs> What's the next one? Um, if the ball's passed or kicked and it hits the trainer or the referee. Oh, this is uh, the Raiders one. Yeah, it? so it was a bit of conjecture last year about what happened there. and um, But now that the... Instead of the attacking team getting a whole new set, uh, the ref can say that the play can be replayed. So that particular play, the ball, is just replayed if okay. they feel that's that's the right decision. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, so that no one's disadvantaged too much. Yeah, that has to be that had to change. Like that was always going to change straight away. Surely yeah. after that, yeah, the Barkley in the grand final, and then the final one, trainers will be restricted to how much time they can spend on the field. So the exact details again are going to be announced later. But I think that's a good thing because trainers seem to be on the field the whole yeah. game. Yeah. Alfie Lang has been playing for forty two years now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still racking up games. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's a that's a good call. Okay, very fair. You happy with that? Has Mitch? Yeah, stoked. Very convincing. Perfect. All right, let's go to this. What have we got in the cricket rap side of things? I mean, the big news comes from the WBBL, really, doesn't it? Sure does. That was the big weekend of WBBL. That was a question. That was rhetorical, obviously. Uh, Obviously, the Brisbane Heat becoming back-to-back winners of the WBBL. So uh, that is a massive thing. Chasing 162 quite easily in the end, which I thought was quite impressive because, you know, we always talk about sort of the pressure of chasing in finals and how it always feels like uh, it's a little bit more difficult. But um, Beth Mooney, again, guys, player of the final with 56 not out after obviously an incredible season again, uh, but not enough to win player of the series, which did go to that girl that we've mentioned multiple times, Sophie Devine. Um, in the Sheffield Shield, guys, uh, some some of the most interesting things that you could possibly ever have uh, throughout this week. Now, which was which was the one that interested you the most? Has we had you guys playing in the fires, a play suspended and a match abandoned on the first day at the MCG, uh, George Bailey's last game of cricket, uh, where he bowled in a baggie, which was <laughs> yeah, interesting. George Bailey bowling, and George Bailey bowling in general, uh, and then there was also the South Australian Redbacks winning their first game for. 662 days I reckon in Sheffield Shield um, which one of those would you like to lock in as the one you want to talk about Has yeah well might bring the fans back to Sheffield Shield all this news <laughs> this uh, this week but it's the last game of Sheffield Shield for quite a while um, but yeah I think having a game suspended and then abandoned is, is pretty big that's, that's massive and uh and although some people, I did see comments saying that they thought our game should have been abandoned due to the, the bad air quality and the smoke yeah. that was around. Um, yeah, to have that, that game abandoned, WA versus Victoria there at the MCG where the Boxing Day test is going to be played because of uh, the danger to the players there with balls rising off a length. That's I've never seen crazy. more batsmen getting peppered in a highlights reel in all of my time. It was We were sitting there on Saturday uh, and people obviously had like the word spread pretty quickly and we were sort of looking at highlights going like, what is going on here? Um, it was crazy. So apparently the pitch was wet and then uh, when it dried, like just divots came out of it. Really, That was like the story that we read. So I don't know how accurate that is. but Yeah, well, they were saying that they wanted to make it a bit juicier to make it do a bit more, make it seam and, and bounce and, and whatever, so give the bowlers a bit more of a leg up. That was mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, but it was interesting because when they played Queensland at the MCG, when Victoria played Queensland, it was actually a really good game and I didn't play that game, but the, the boys were saying that it was a good MCG pitch, one of the best they've seen for a long time where it, it seemed the first couple of days and then it flattened out a bit and then it came down to that last day where it turned and and, always, yeah. um, and that's what they wanted and that's what you want to see out of a good cricket wicket and they, they thought that was the benchmark really. Yeah, okay, fair. So interesting. And we did yeah. talk about uh, George Bailey as well and that being his last game here. We obviously know that he's going into now being a, an Australian selector um, which I don't think we've ever spoken about on any of the podcast episodes when, when that was sort of announced midweek. But um, is that something that you guys are, are happy to see? We've seen England do that with James Taylor being recently retired from the game and then became a selector. Is that a direction that you're happy with, Has? Does it put you under a little bit more pressure when you play against George Bailey? <laughs> is that why you got that 100? 
Well, maybe. I, I, I think it's I think it's a good call. I think uh, he knows the game well. He's been around for a long time. He's seen all the players that are playing at the moment and and uh, knows their strengths and weaknesses. So I think I think he'll he'll make good decisions as selector. It's a tough role, and I'm sure people will disagree with what he decides. But I think it's a good appointment. Uh, test cricket, guys. The next test starts tomorrow, which is against New Zealand. That's correct, isn't it? Tomorrow, obviously for correct. us, it's pretty much tomorrow night. It's a day night test yeah. in <laughs> Perth, so it's still going at one a.m. in the morning for us, I think, in Brisbane. Um, and then one one person that probably does want to. Just do something in the test match would be Trav said, <laughs> wouldn't it? Mitch, what, what happened in that last test match for him? Uh, not much, really. <laughs> That's exactly right. He didn't bowl, bat, or take a catch, I think. That's so a great. The two met, test matches, he sort of out. just stood bit, in the field for a little bit. Bit of pad rash and some yeah. serious time in the dirt in the field. So, Correct. yeah. Um, now, Haz, we've, uh, we've got to take on our, um, a little controversial topic. Um, now, it's been a while, obviously, the last controversial topic we did went very well with Skinnel uh, and the horse racing. Uh, this time, has I want to direct it at you, I think, put you on the, uh, put you on the spot here because I know you're a massive fence sitter. Grass screener on the fence. What's <laughs> <laughs> that come for? They always say that, don't they? Isn't that the, is that the saying? Um, I've not heard it, no. Um, that's a nice variation, though, I think. Uh, now, has uh, Israel Flowers obviously a name that we'd be familiar with. It's been thrown around our uh, every news outlet that you can possibly imagine. And uh, and he obviously won his uh, he won his case with Rugby Australia last week, and oh, they I don't know they came to terms or whatever. So they both. He ended up with a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, probably not as he actually not as much as he would have had if he if he kept uh, his contract. But anyway, he walked out of that pretty happy. Uh, there was then some stories floating around uh, linking him to the Brisbane Broncos has, which I know you're quite a passionate uh, Broncos man. And I was wondering how you would feel about that and uh, and his name. I mean, the Broncos did actually, in fairness, come out and say, "Not nah, not true, not true, not true." But sometimes, where there's smoke. There's a Sheffield Shield game. <laughs> yep, that was a stinker. But yeah. what do you go for? <laughs> well, it's yeah. It would actually have been interesting to see what the result of that legal case would have been that battle in court because I guess then we would have seen um, what what the law has said that the, the right thing should have been. Um, and we, I might have had a, had a legal answer to give you of why why I should or shouldn't support it. Uh, Israel is a great football player. He's uh, he's dominated rugby league and rugby union. So. To have him as part of the Broncos would be awesome in that regard. It'd, it'd be a, a real asset on the field and might get him at a bit of a discounted price at this stage with his <laughs> where he's coming from. Um, but, uh, and, and personally, I would have no problem having him in rugby league and having him in the team. Uh, I think uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to speak his mind and, and he's allowed to have free speech there. Um, however, uh, I, I don't, I, obviously the NRL have said many times they're not going to let him back and, think yeah, a lot of people wouldn't be happy about it and it, and it wouldn't be a good look mm. to uh to now go back on that and say that they're going to let him in after they weren't going to so yeah um so i don't think it's going to happen and uh, i can see the reason behind that yeah yeah absolutely very fair mitch where do you sit on these ones oh well i mean i'm not really that fast about whether or not he plays nrl again but do you mean like where do i sit on the whole drama about him tweeting S- speaking his mind <laughs> yeah, speaking his mind. yeah yeah uh yeah i don't know obviously like or disagree with what he said, but I'd yeah, probably perfectly happy for him to have the right to say it, I would think, without losing his job. I think, like, yeah, I think your contract should really have more to do with your ability to work than what you think about religious topics. Yes. The only other thing I would I would say is, I don't know if I'm such has you might disagree, well, I don't know if I'm a massive fan of like freedom of speech in all cases, like, like it's sort of how America has you can just say whatever you want, regardless of anything. I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I guess you see the people's true colours when they say what they want to say. Uh, I don't think it's the smartest thing for the for an individual to have freedom of speech and say what they want to say because a lot of the time they're going to be disagreed with and that's going to cost them money in terms of sponsors or contracts and opportunities. Yeah, no, exactly. But even just like, I don't know, I think there definitely should be laws around around like hate speech and stuff. Not that, I mean, not that what Israel Flower said was necessarily hate speech, just that were just sort of his beliefs. But yeah, I, I think it's important to have laws around what people can and can't say in certain cases. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where people have definitely, uh, it's divided so much opinion. Like we, we saw that he obviously does have plenty of uh, plenty of supporters. The GoFundMe page saga proved that. Oh, yeah. um, there's no question. Where, where I probably uh, get a little bit like, you know, freaked out, I guess, is that like 
we've got like Matt Lodge playing at the Broncos, right, who's getting millions of dollars a year to play footy, and everyone seems happy or seems to have forgotten about the fact that he obviously domestic violence wraps all over him and uh, he's obviously not a great human or certainly wasn't at some stage in his life, as particularly towards women. Um, and that's usually not something that NRL clubs now condone with women in league ground and things like that. And yet he's still on our books and then people are up in arms about Israel Folau, uh coming. I'm just not sure that the quite the equilibrium works out there. I'm a little bit... I don't know. Yeah, I, a big contradiction. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't condone what Lodge did, and it's not the right thing. I guess what I've just thought of now That's is definitely as important being, to clarify. Has thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the 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 difference that I've just thought of is in that case, you can probably think that someone can change and they can learn from what they've done, and he can say, All right, "Yeah, I'm not going to do it again. I, you know, do some sort of rehab process to move on from that." You know, you never know whether it's true or not, but you can go through that process. But I think Israel Folau is, is not backing down on what he's said. He's continued to come out and say the same things and um, he's not going to say sorry or, or change his mind. So that's un- something that's not, not changing in this at this point. Yeah, and obviously from like an NRL point of view, uh, that is where people dislike what he's done a great deal because uh, you, you cannot have one of your marquee players come out and say, uh, this is what I believe, but it essentially preaches against every single thing that the NRL actually stands for and the fact that they are a diverse, a culturally diverse, but also the sexual orientation um, diverse sort of league as well and, and someone that will, that will put out saying that they will support equal rights for all people then that, that they encourage and embrace every single person in rugby league. So from an NRL point of view, that is why they would be so opposed to, to having him back. Yeah, good. And just one last thing. You mentioned that GoFundMe page. Does anyone have an opinion on that? I just think it's so stupid. How? Why are we sending money to someone who's been paid a million dollars a year for the last 12 years? Well, I certainly wouldn't be uh, sending yeah. money to them. But <laughs> As we aren't sending money to anyone. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of people, uh, a lot of people have, so... I yeah. can't understand that. Yeah, well, I think there's so many people, obviously, Mitch, that, that it wanted to... It felt like their freedom and, and right to speech, uh, you know, that Israel Folau was the spokesperson for their right and therefore that they were contributing to a bigger cause than just, obviously, Israel Folau they were contributing to. And, I mean, he had people like Alan Jones and stuff. Like, not that I think Alan Jones is a great person Avenue Corner, but obviously he's quite a powerful influence uh, and speaks quite a bit. So, I mean, he had people like him rocking up and, and getting in every interview going, yep, give him the money. <laughs> it's a great cause, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, there, there was, pl- it was, I mean, it's weird that we're speaking yeah. about it six months later, but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but certainly at the time, <laughs> it was, it was something that was, that was dividing and, and causing plenty of conflict. Yeah. I still, I still don't get it. Like, even if you're Alan Jones and you totally agree with Israel Folau, surely there's like a, like even if you want to support that cause, giving him money when he has like a, this effectively has infinite money is not helpful. Find a better way to support him. Like no, especially if money someone is not an like object for not that much like money. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to yeah. give it to him to get, and he's just got two point five million dollars just yeah. just donated yeah, money to him. Money is not an object for him because he went to oh, another way to support. Surely, oh, no, that anyways, I don't care. That was crazy. But anyway, this is probably a timely change. Let's go to this. Let's. Yeah, so I came across a, a comment about the wicket we talked about there at the MCG with WA versus Victoria and uh not saying I agree or disagree uh with this with this comment, uh but yeah, it's fence, eh? But I'm just <laughs> not the fence again. Yeah, um, it's uh, it comes from Pat, and Pat' comment was seriously batting techniques need to improve when you're not batting on the roads that have recently been rolled out in Australia. The ball to Marsh was clearly back of a length, and he walked into it on the front foot. Whatever happens <laughs> to going on the back foot and ducking, swaying, or playing a shot. Um, and Pat's entitled to his opinion. I uh, saw a few people there defending him on the thread, but there was plenty of people that strongly disagreed with Pat. And um, I'll read out a few of those exchanges there. Okay. Um, so Rich comments, easy to say, from the comfort of your own couch. It's the first time I've heard a game suspended due to poor technique. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, quite funny. Pat writes back, I'm actually watching while scoring a first-grade game in 35 degrees. Uh, so just a 
bit of a must have been in Brisbane mention there. Yeah, uh, Mark Taylor. I'm not sure if it's the real Mark Taylor, but there's, a, there's a, uh, Mark. Mark said, "Oh, he wouldn't have known it was hot because he's still sponsored by whatever air conditioning company that oh, he's yeah. been flogging for years." Yeah, uh, he said, uh, "Putting numbers in a scorebook makes you a gun at cricket, does it?" And and Pat says that after all of his first class and international scoring experience, that he does know a bit about cricket. This uh, is an interesting yeah. exchange. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Mark then says anyone with a talent doesn't become a scorer only those wanting to feel part of the game very harsh that's a bit stiff Mm, stiff. very harsh I'm starting Uh, to think that's not Tubby Taylor (laughs) (laughs) Pat then proceeds to bring out the C word uh, saying uh, say it walking champ oh no Uh, champed him <laughs> you can't do that. Which is, oh. I'm pretty sure, what you say when you get someone out. What does he mean? Say it walking, yeah, walking to where? Like usually to the pavilion. But yeah, that's, um, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. Obviously, he does know cricket then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he goes <laughs> on to say, fight. "I'm not getting in a, into a sledging fight with an armchair critic," which I'm pretty sure is exactly what he is in this situation. I believe this whole thread started with him being an armchair critic. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mark responds, sitting in an armchair scoring doesn't mean you know cricket. Like most scorers, you are better at, better at eating the cake before the boys come off for afternoon tea. We don't get afternoon tea no, in Queensland, so we can't relate. Yeah. Um, when a player gets 100, do you raise your pencil to acknowledge your contribution? Well, that would actually be cool. That's maybe a tradition that we could start at the Tigers. <laughs> maybe he does. How would you? How can Mark, how can Mark prove that Pat doesn't do that every time someone makes 100? <laughs> Definitely, tech, look, technique helps um, on tough pitches. Um, yeah. But I think, and, and people a lot nowadays comment about the batter's techniques. I actually think batter's techniques are a lot better now than they used to be. Mm. Uh, and not, like, not saying they didn't score more runs or were better batters back then. Technique isn't everything. And there were very good batters back in the day who scored plenty of runs. But it wasn't all down to technique. I look at, look at those old games and I feel like compar- comparing it to now, the batters now have more textbook techniques anyway that what you would categorize as that and, and i'm not sure marshall's ball was back of a length i think it was sort of a good length ball that i think it's up and genuinely him. like he's faced seven million deliveries in his life i think he probably knows which ball to go forward and back to yeah he's pretty good playing the pull shot yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i would have to definitely agree with you putting him in the social simit but then i think mark's probably almost earned his way in with a couple of those comments as well so yeah i think uh, i think marsh and, and stoyness have both faced bowls a lot faster than than uh siddle and Fekety and, and Fekety who are, who are bowling probably 120s at them at the mcg there yeah that's right Hopefully that doesn't get back to Siddle and he starts bowling thunderbolts at you next time you're playing hands in the big bash. Nah, he's vegan. He can't bowl more faster than that anymore. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Easy Mitch. skin. Sorry, Mitch. Not a way to get me rolled up, man. <laughs> I've never seen you rolled up. Um, and then uh, I've got another one, actually, guys. Not cricket related, but uh, I did need to definitely put this uh, in because this is from Glenn, um, and we talked about the fact that I went to uh, the Gold Coast training today. Uh, I was impressed, but maybe not this impressed. Uh, Glenn says... Gold Coast of 2019 would thump the lines of 01 to 03 just by virtue of players being stronger and fitter than they were 17 years ago. Yeah, right. Do you think do you think that the football performance and skill level has improved over the last 17 years? Do you think the um, the level of AFL has gone up? Yeah, no doubt that the game like it's in coaching and how many people are employed in it and how many people are going to analyse data and look at trends and stuff. I'm sure that the game has definitely improved a great deal, but I'm not convinced that the players that are Gold Coast, with all due respect, have 90% of their players are under 20. Uh, I'm not convinced that they are going to go and thump a team that won three premierships and then got in the grand final in the fourth year. Yeah. Like, I feel like if those players of that era were exposed to the coaching and the technology that we have now, that they would still be absolute jets. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think you're, you're right there. But, yeah, I'm not sure. If, it's an interesting one. I don't, I don't think they would thump them, obviously. Um, that's a bit of exaggeration, I think, on Glenn's part. But <laughs> but it would be an interesting one to see because if, if the standard of football has improved, I know standard rugby league's improved massively over the last 17 years. Mm. And I'm not... I, you know, I think last place of last year might go close to beating first place 17 years ago. Um, Serious has. I, really? I think I think it would be close. Well, well, has, you're like, welcome to jump into social simmon as well if you want. <laughs> I didn't say I would thump <laughs> them. But, but like, looking back on, like, you always get highlights of, of sort of that era popping up whenever it's you're watching a game throughout the AFL season and like 
those blokes are still kicking some ridiculous goals. Like, I don't, it's not like there's, it's not like the skill wasn't there in 01 to 03. Like, I just, I can't imagine it being that different. No. Yeah. Oh, I struggle. I struggle with that. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like it's like comparing Don Bradman to someone now. Like, that's a huge expanse of years. I don't think 17 years in the big scheme of things is actually that big of a change. You know what I mean? Yep. Fair call. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, great. Um, okay. Now, has you've actually, uh, this has been something that you've become very well renowned for over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's just that when you're away on trips for cricket, it seems like you're just sprung with these feelings and emotions that you just <laughs> need to get into some form straight away. Uh, they just seem to, just words are coming out. I mean, you're like Taylor Swift at the moment. You're producing yeah. that many songs and just getting them ready to release. You actually need an album. In well, the, the Queensland Bulls were playing all our songs in the change rooms during the last Shield game, so they were loving them. Which is oh, their right. personal favourite, would you reckon? Which yeah. would be their biggest hit? They love Don't Give Me Out. <laughs> they, they were singing, I think Renners was singing it after he got given out but when he didn't, <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't actually nick one. <laughs> yeah, see, it's Perfect. such a topical song. It yeah. just works. That's true. What do you got for us this week, Haz? Uh, this week we've got one called Weekend Right, um, based off Zach Brown Band's Chicken Fried. What a song. Uh, so, yeah, I've uh, changed it up. Bit of a story there. Listen to the words and see if you can pick up. Oh, wait, you're actually on. telling a full story. This is like a ballad. Well, I try and... As is a proper song, right? Yeah, you actually take the songs. listener on a journey, don't you? I, mean, <laughs> I take them on a roundabout when I write songs. They just say the same thing over and over. But yeah, I do my best. All right, has well, yeah, it goes with something like this. You know, I do my weekend right. Fox League on a Friday night, a cricket game in Saturday's light, and the Aussie rules on. Note to hold that. <laughs> well, I grew up wanting to compete on the footy field. They were dreams of mine. Turn up at the G in Sheffield Shield. There would be a time, and while my mates played games when school ended, I went to the nets and trained all of along. Yeah, you know I do my weekend ride. A Fox League on a Friday night. A cricket game in Saturday's light. And the Aussie rules on. I like to watch Jeff on fight. I cheer the Aussies on with delight. The state of origin, what a sight. And watch the Lions run. It's funny how your focus is in life. Can change so quick Went from cricket league AFL to beers Bets than the chicks You can't be a pro When your tummy grows And you lose your dough If you've done the same Tried the Tinder game Lost your only shot at fame Then I know you'll do your weekend ride A Fox League on a Friday night A cricket game in Saturday's light and the Aussie rules on I'd like to watch Jeff on fight I cheer the Aussies on with delight A state of origin, what a sight I watch the Lions run Has the solo on the violin All right, great stuff, guys. Welcome back. Uh, and has we probably the last thing we wanted to do uh, in this particular episode, just because it's been on our run sheet for oh, and the dog, poor old Ruby, the dog is just running everywhere with the thunder here. These are just tough conditions for podcasting. Great stuff, everyone, just for staying switched on here, and Those also the power for staying switched oh, on yeah, that's as well. well. Um, but has Eva? You know, we've talked a little bit about dancing this episode. And um, and you've got another of your special sports showcases to uh, to fill us in on, and when you've actually mentioned it before, so I'm interested by this one. I do, I do. So my special sport for this week is Highland dancing. So Highland dancing was developed around the 19th century to be performed in competition format at different events, most notably the Highland Games, which um, celebrated Scottish culture with drumming, bagpiping, and caber toss events, just to name a few. Caber uh, toss. Yeah. Caber toss. Yeah, it's sort of... You're saying caper? Okay, caper. to capers? Caper. Caper. Caper, yeah. I think um, just like throwing a big log okay. pretty much. Um, 
Yeah, the big, big strong guys oh, yeah, throwing, this, throwing this big log. You got it, Skin. Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. The listeners can't see my Google images search, but yeah, right, I'm uh, all over it. I don't want to either. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the Highland dancing is a similar style, though probably slightly well more well-known dance, which is Irish dancing, um, but with plenty of sort of technical differences if you if you know you're dancing well. Um, it's said to be sort of a mix of Gaelic folk dancing and ballet, actually. Um, used Usually oh, yeah. usually, usually danced with the sound of bagpipes in the ba- background, which everyone has heard before and, and not many people actually like. At some stage, you give me a demonstration here because it's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> we might get to that. I might, I might, uh, you might hear why I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, so... The, uh, the the dancers will wear a kilt and gillies, which are their, their shoes, also known as pumps by some. And uh, the most famous dance, probably the Highland Fling, was performed as a triumph dance. So after victory in battle, if you were triumphant, you performed the Highland Fling. And uh, the swords dance also dates back to the 15th century, with it said to have been done after a sword fight between two people, where the victor places his, yeah, his and his op- opponent's sword in a cross on the ground with the blood still on them, and danced around them. Um, so obviously back then you wouldn't want to stand on the swords while you're dancing around them because they were quite sharp. Uh, however, there's still a negative to doing it now in competition because even though the swords are blunt, touching them results in disqualification from the dance. That's probably slightly uh, less intense than cutting <laughs> your foot off from the old days. Yeah, well, you've already killed your opponent. So yeah. So you reckon the standard of Highland dancing has improved over the years, <laughs> 17 years ago? I think so. I think I think uh, they probably were a bit more careful and didn't have quite the form back in the day. I just wanted to make sure they got through it unscathed. Uh, but yeah, it's another important, uh, another sport that I'm fairly well acquainted with, just due to the fact that my mother Tracy was one of the best in the world, actually, for quite a number of years at Scottish dancing, and has oh, yeah. thousands of medals to show for it, uh, which were for a long time presented around our house. So any swords at home? Yep, there are swords there because. Uh, that was yeah, that was before my time that she was doing the dancing and, and one of the best in the world, but she is still involved. She's been the president of the Queensland Scottish Dancing Association in the past, as well as being a current judge at national competitions. She also teaches it to students and uh, anyone who wants to learn, actually, of any age. So Skinner? Oh, yeah, I'll take a listen if you're okay. Yeah, well, the males are actually quite good at it with, with their, their strong legs. They, they seem to jump quite high and, uh, and athletic, so uh, they, they seem to do pretty well. Even Just to clarify, has yeah. not all males have legs like us. No, no, you're right. And I don't have strong legs, so... (laughs) Or fingers. Um, No. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so she does classes at our house. So many afternoons after school, I have to try, I get home, have to try and do my homework with the sound of bagpipes blaring in the background, which wasn't too much fun. I have to try and close every door I could in between me and and the dancing room. Um, Tough gig. But like you, many of my teammates have asked me to show them a dance and, and play music sometimes while I'm around to try and get me in the mood. But uh, surprisingly, uh, I was actually never taught how to do it. Um, so I don't know how you to... You were never taught how to do it. You're trying to get us to sign up. Well, yeah, I, I didn't say. You said you're trying to get Mitch to sign <laughs> up. But, um, it's, it's hard to believe that I didn't do it, but it's actually true. And I'm, I'm pretty happy about it because I think cricket and rugby league were two sports that I grew up with and probably much better suited to me. I don't know, Haz. Yeah, I think right. at some point we're going to need to get you to take yeah, it on, I would have thought. I'd see you give it a whirl. Haz, do you know how quick Tracy was through the top 100 rankings? I know right to number one in the world. I'm definitely not sure about that one. I'll have to, have to see if the Scottish Dancing Society have better record-keeping and, and uh, showing... Skin stats for next week. And Cabotos, the special sports showcase next week. Oh, yes, absolutely, please. Uh, And, guys, that is definitely all we have time for. And what a way to end it there, Skin. Well done. Um, Obviously, this was a quality episode, you would think, but you've already listened to it. So, again, I'm not sure why I do that every week. Uh, I will learn at some stage. Uh, But thank you very much for being with us tonight. Um, Now, obviously, we always want to hear your ideas. We've had some great ideas already. Um, And if you have any ideas or something you think we can do on the show, someone you want us to try and interview, uh, please send them through to hello at wegotthechocolates.com.au. Wherever you're listening, if it's iTunes or Spotify, Spotify, Apple or Spotify, whatever it might be, uh, then please do subscribe. Uh, give us a rating, ideally, if you particularly if you like what you're listening to. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, and then, Mitch, where else can people interact with us? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I don't know if you've already mentioned that. I was distracted by, by the dog there. She was yeah, that's going to be helping. the background. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable background noise. This one. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you're now on TikTok as well, yeah. aren't you? Oh, yeah. TikTok as well. Oh, yeah, yeah right. There we you talked go. about my Snapchat, yeah, Mr. Yenna, last episode. So now we're on TikTok. I'm sure we'll make a meal of that at some stage as well. Yeah, you're getting a bit old and past it, Lethal, but that's all right. No, we're staying young and relevant. <laughs> no, we really love hearing from you guys. And uh, and we certainly love talking to you. We love talking about you even more. So do keep us informed. Let us know how you go on the weekend with all of your sporting action <laughs> as well. <laughs> And we will most certainly see you, hopefully without a storm uh, and without the dog badgering us uh, this time next week. We'll speak to you then. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. See ya. Oh, Rob's giving a spell. (laughs) She's a pig. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.